My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. You are a guy over 40. You happen to be a gay guy over 40, and suddenly you have these reality checks. Maybe your reality check is about your career, or maybe your reality check is you got kids and they're growing up. Yes, gay guys have kids. But what happens when all those reality checks start happening over and over and over again? Do you freak out? Do you get bummed out? What happens? That's what we're talking about today on 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. Welcome to the podcast. Love having all of you here. And just a quick reminder, two things. If you're interested in joining our Facebook group, hop on over to the Facebook group by the same name. And if you want to join us the first Monday of every month, we have these candid conversations live and in person via Zoom. You can find all that over on rickclemens.com. And I'd love to see you over there. But let's get back to today's show and the candid conversations about parenting careers, all that stuff with my friend who I haven't seen in years and years and years, except through our Facebook pros. Um, it's just so interesting to meet somebody and then you click and then you click with his husband and then they have this beautiful son and you're like, wow, this friendship has just grown. His name is Han Hirschi. He is a author. He writes beautiful books. I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. He is from Gothenburg, Sweden. And when he's not writing, he is working and learning and developing. He does great stuff. He loves touring his hometown, showing it off to everybody. And of course, he loves being a father and a husband, except those days that he doesn't love being a father and a husband. <laughs> so um, Hans, welcome, buddy. It's been a while. Um, so it glad sure to have has. you here. And uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. And I just knew, you know, when we connected... Um, Many, many years ago. So it was what? I think we just were talking about this before we caught yeah, on. 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Wow. And I remember like... the venue. It was this gay club in, in WeHo, remember? Yep, yep, yep. We sat outside. Um, we drank beer all night uh, yep. and talked and talked. Yeah. It was great. Um, my son was in his stroller, fast yes. asleep yep. most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. But yeah, yeah but it, I mean, it, it, even though it's been forever, but we've we've kept in touch ever since. You know, I've followed you and your family, and how your daughters have grown up into beautiful grown-ups. Yeah, That's, yeah. And your son, he's just he's such a doll, and I, I do remember that. I remember, and it was. I mean, so let's just kind of paint the picture for everybody. We were in WeHo. We were at the Abbey, which anybody who's been to WeHo, yeah, exactly, probably it. knows what that is. So wasn't like pounding pounding music but the abbey definitely has the you know the gay beats going on for sure and i just remember your son just he was sleeping kind of through that whole thing and we're just having a great time having cocktails and getting to know each other and everything and it was just a very cool vibe and you know i hope your your son will remember that one day when he maybe comes to the u.s and goes to weho going i think i've been here before <laughs> you know well so, uh, I I'm, 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 I wouldn't bet any money on it, given yeah. that he barely remembers what he had for lunch today. But exactly. So he's uh, now yeah. like eight years old, right? Yeah, he just turned eight last month. The, the thing is, you know, at that age, they a lot of the memories from the younger age are gone. 
Yeah. But then all of a sudden he comes back to me and he says, oh, do you remember that we had? And I'm like, okay, interesting. That stuff, you're, that's what you remember from? Exactly. From I am always amazed. My girls are 22 and 26. And every time we get together, there's something that they throw out that I'm like, that's what you remember about your childhood? Mm-hmm. Seriously? And it's just, it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, and there, you know, there's certain things that, you know, yes, there's those family memories that like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when our oldest one was barely driving and we went to um, our niece and nephew's wedding and dad's got really, really drunk. So the daughter had to drive home first time really driving at night on L.A. freeways and all this sort of stuff. You know, OK, we remember those memories, <laughs> but then they'll just be weird stuff that they just like come up with. And I'm like, how do you I don't remember that happening. When did that happen? You know, but uh, yeah. it is amazing. So, I mean, you know, this podcast is really about the the common conversations gay guys over 40 have. And dad to dad, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about that sort of stuff, but also like how being a father, a gay father has like integrated, which is what I prefer to call it, integrated into our careers. Because I know you, you guys, you know, he was really young when we met and now you've grown up with this. He's grown up like eight years. You've been writing books. You've been working for other companies. What's the impact of being a gay dad on overall your life and your career, man? Well, you know, I, it's kind of funny because we we live in Sweden, which is a really liberal country. Um, nobody's batting an eyelash. At, <clears throat> right. At, you know, at, at the at the company where I work right now, as a consultant, you know, when I mention, okay, my son does this and that, or as I, you know, I I need to go, my husband can't pick up the kid. I have the school run today. Nobody bats an eyelash. It's just mm-hmm. literally nobody cares. It's just so it's just so natural, which makes it really easy. Um, and I think most of my we know other gay couples in similar positions, you know, paternity leave. Um, we have this system here, which is, again, very liberal. Then again, we pay the taxes to pay for it. But we get a year of paternity leave or mm-hmm. parental leave. Let's call it parental right. leave. It's right. okay. But in straight couples, it's still mostly women taking that time off. Right. Um, and right now, the rules are that out of those 12 months, um, each parent needs to take three months mm. or you lose that time. So most straight dads will take their three months and then they go back to work. Right. And I know quite a few of those cases. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the gay couples, I know it's really been 50, 50, very, very fair. Now it doesn't right. always work because of job circumstances and responsibilities sure. and stuff, but because there's a financial aspect to it, you only get 80% of your salary up to a certain mm, limit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you make, way more you know it might not be financially viable or interesting to do that but but both alex and i we took our six months off and you know even though it was a boring time because again mm-hmm. no toddlers as there's babies they sleep most of the time right but it was still rewarding because you know you bond with your child and right. it's it's especially now when they're eight you know and they're start you know you get all these problems and and, and we might come back to that because that there is an, an aspect of that when it relates to us being gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 you know, that, that, that baby age is really valuable and you want to make the most of it. And, and I think that was really great for us to be able to have that time. I just wrote yeah. books. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I also, <laughs> I also joked all along the way. It's like, 
can we have like a paternity leave for like about the time they start school and then about the time they start, you know, the high school year. It's like parents need that break too. It's like, we need to like have some time with them when they're in these big milestone spaces too. And we don't really get that unless you take the time off. But um, the challenges are there. I mean, I remember, so George and I met when the girls, um, youngest was 18 months old oldest would have been about five and a half almost six years old at that point and um i tell you the challenges of the 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 monumental steps whether it's Mm -hmm. starting school or going in over here in the u.s to middle school or starting high school and then because they were both girls the we had eight years of pure hormones going on because one was starting high school finished started college the other one was starting high school and i'm like okay well i never thought this through not that i planned like the perfect pregnancies when i was married but um it's such an interesting thing to see the challenges and then the challenges that show up that you're not even expecting you know you see them growing so i'm you know, what are some of the challenges as a gay dad with your own son that's like, okay, didn't expect that to show up? Well, one of the challenges is everything that has to do with gender, mm-hmm. uh, gender identity, um, sexuality. <laughs> it's kind of funny because Alex and I or you know, within our community, we have this jargon so to speak you know right, talking right. about it i'm not sure whether we're allowed to use curse words oh yeah absolutely we, this is know, my we, podcast we, we say what the fuck we want to say on my okay, podcast good. So. So, you know we call each other bitches or right. you know you stop complaining you hoe, <clears throat> or whatever but so we have that we have a jargon that's quite uh cursive but then you have this kid and you're trying to be okay um that he looks at you and is like why are you calling Papa a girl? You know, he's not a girl. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. So you have those kinds right. of discussions, which I presume other families don't necessarily have. But it's also quite funny because as a gay guy and someone who's fairly comfortable in his own skin, I am now on the board of directors of my son's school. My son goes mm-hmm. to a Sweden has a special system where we have what we call free schools. Yeah, they're they're tuition free paid for by the government but they're not public so they're private schools ours is a foundation it's called the english school of gothenburg it's an amazing school it's one of the best schools in the entire region so everybody wants to get in and because english is my son's first language we really wanted to make sure that he got into that school because most of the education is in english and then swedish is kind of like an add-on so i'm sitting on the board of directors for that school because i wanted to give back to the school and on the photograph on the wall inside, you know, inside the school, when you come in, there's this big wall with the photographs, you know, with the chairman of the board, you have all the members of the board, you have the principal right. and his management team and all the teachers. And there I am in a pink t-shirt. <laughs> and apparently all my son's classmates think it is hilarious that a guy is wearing a pink t-shirt. I, I wasn't even thinking, I mean, it just did not even come. I right. it was not on my radar screen that, I could potentially cause embarrassment to my son by wearing something that I just don't even bat an eyelash about. I mean, it's that yeah. kind of stuff. So we're having these discussions with my eight-year-old. Don't be such a sexist. Pink right. is for everybody. Does he used to love pink when he was smaller? But sometimes, somewhere between the ages four and five, suddenly it became a girl color and was off limits. Yep. 
And I had this discussion with him just yesterday. We went to the post office to pick up a, a package and, and he said, yeah, my classmates are still laughing at your t-shirt. I'm like, are, you know, are they also laughing at girls wearing pants? Because girls are supposed to wear skirts right. in that logic, right? Right. Yeah, but that's different. I said, how is that different? Would they laugh if a boy were wearing a skirt? Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm like, Jesus. I mean, do you understand the sexism? Right. And, yeah. and having, but then you have to kind of, okay, you're talking to an eight-year-old. So yes. <laughs> but it's so uh, interesting because even, even our daughters, and this is one of those, so kind of, kind of like, connecting this with what we were just talking about <clears throat> recently we were having some conversation not about recently but in the last year and a half or so about growing up and what it was like and and my youngest one she's like our rebel she's like she's mm -hmm. just she has quote so to speak no filter she's just gonna say what's on her mind and you know put it out there and she goes well you know shelby used to tell me not to say anything about having gay dads at school and i'm like really and she goes well i was just nervous about it i'm like but you never told us that how we didn't know that, you know, we're operating on the assumption that, Hey, everything's good. You know? And I, we were both very, well, me more so than George only because I was really involved in the school stuff quite a bit, but we were never ones to hide who we were. And I was like, wow, I didn't know this, you know? And I think these yeah. are some of those surprises that you don't realize, Hey, this is something that's actually important to your kid. When you think you've had all the right conversations and then suddenly something like that crops up and you're like, hmm, guess well, we need know, to have a conversation I, about this, you know? Yeah. And by the time they're grown ups and out of college, it's kind of late. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. but you can, all you can do is you can hope you've been a good enough role model for them to have seen your seen what you've done and see the life you have to still right. emulate what you what you do because kids, and I think that's part of what makes me not freak out about all this because kids tend to pick up on what we do much less mm -hmm. than what we say yes um and and so but but yeah i mean here here's the thing you know as even though you live in a country as liberal liberal as ours uh because the school we our kid our son is going to is an international school we have parents from all corners of the world and so they're coming from the middle east they're coming from south asia they're coming from Africa and they're coming from countries where gay couples don't exist because right. we're not allowed to get married. There are countries where we still face the death penalty, you know, mm -hmm. where being gay is illegal. And so these parents send their kids to a school where some of their classmates are, you know, and so we sometimes get stories back from our son from school where we go like oh, no 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 hang on a minute that just wait this is yeah um but that's i think most of those parents do understand that i mean so we so we get a lot of conservatism home mm -hmm. from sasha with regards to primarily gender roles i mean what is yeah. male what is female and you know those old those stereotypes right and we work with him around that because i mean we don't take no shit from him i mean it right. just <laughs> we want to make it absolutely clear that you know it's it doesn't matter what gender identity you have what sexuality you have right. you're a 100 human being color whatever doesn't right doesn't matter and, and really I don't, I don't remember. That. Did you, I can't remember. Did you guys adopt or artificial inseminate? I can't remember. Uh, we used a surrogate. Surrogate. Okay. So, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. We used a surrogate. So, 
and the funny thing is, and so my son is himself, he is ethnically, not that it matters, but my son is ethnically 50% Indian right. and 50% Caucasian. Right. Uh, and again, here, it doesn't matter because, you, you know, European countries, we don't operate by, by race. Just the term race does not exist here. Right. It's not something we use. It's the term race itself is racist. So you tend to get into trouble when you start right. dividing people into races. Um, Unlike the, the over funny, here in the lovely yeah, know, good old USA, that could be a whole yeah. podcast in and of itself. But, <laughs> um, but so the funny thing is, so he so recently he came home. Uh, or actually he didn't, well, we got an email from another parent uh, in the morning. I woke up and I woke up to this email from this parent saying, well, your son has been in a fight with my son and we feel that your son it might be incapable of expressing his emotions, you know, and that's why he hit, uh, hit my son. And would you talk to your son? And it was also addressed to the teacher to basically, you know, deal with the situation. Right. And Alex and I were like, really, this is what we have to wake up to. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked to Sasha briefly, figured, okay, no big deal. You know what, you know what it's like, right? Kids yep. fight at their age. They are all the same. None of them are able to properly express their state of emotion. And sometimes it gets physical. Yep. Five minutes later, they're best friends again and play. I mean, I, you know, I see it every day with his friends yeah. here on the island. I mean, it's no, it's no big deal. I, so we figured, hey, okay, and he had a fight, big deal. Um, that family comes from a very Catholic, Orthodox background. Um, we believe they're divorced. So once the father gets involved in all of this, I was recently made aware of this. He starts badgering us. He starts bullying us and he starts to accuse our son of being a bully. And every week, more than in, you know, they, these emails just keep coming. And at some point it escalates. And why aren't you doing anything? Oh, you're even on the board of directors. Had I known and I'm going, you know, and it just, it just completely blows out of proportion. So me being on the board of directors, I'm kind of like in the background talking to the principal. I'm, we're not engaging these, this family. We leave this to the teacher because I know as a member of the board, I know that we have routines for dealing with this kind right. of shit. Yep. Parents stay out of it. Let the teachers handle it. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And it gets to the point where I'm like, is this because of who we are? Mm. You know, you have this tingling sensation somewhere, this little thing, yep. this little monster yep. in the back of your brain that goes like, you're gay. That's because, you know, you should never have had a child. This would not happen to a straight couple. And you start going through this. Is my son being bullied by parents because his dads are gay? And, and that's an extremely unpleasant feeling to deal with. I can yep. tell you. Yep. Um, and I guess this was probably the first time we've had to deal with that. Um, it won't be the last time, no. I presume. But, you know, um, it's interesting, Hans, because my girls, <clears throat> I wouldn't say blatantly ever went through it, but there was definitely, I remember one, my oldest one, I think it was either, it must have been, I think it may have been her 16th birthday party. We had a lot of kids at the house <clears throat> and one of her best friends was um, from a Mormon family. 
And <clears throat> I remember her going to her friend's birthday party. And this was right in the middle of prop eight and everything here in California with <laughs> marriage equality and all this stuff. And they had a, they had a no on prop eight sign. They were yeah, like, no. And I thought, yeah. okay, this is interesting, <clears throat> but you know, fine. We were friendly and cordial enough, but I remember her coming home from her friend's house going, that really bothered me. And I'm like, well, let's talk about it. I said, you know, <clears throat> do you feel like you need to talk to your friend about this now? Cause I, you know, I know she doesn't hundred percent feel the way her parents do. I'm like, okay. And so then a few weeks later it was her birthday party and you know, we're having a party and we're at the time, you know, I smoked. And so we're sitting outside with, you know, other parents that are out there and this particular mother shows up to pick her daughter up and she comes in and I never really met her. And so I set my glass of wine down and I put my cigarette out and I'm like, really glad you came. And I said, sorry for the stinky, smelly cigarette smell. You know, this is something I'm trying to get past and everything. I said, Oh, this is my husband. And she's kind of looking like, Oh, hello. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know who this is, <laughs> you know? And it was <laughs> just like, one. you know, I was like, well, we're really glad. And I finally thought, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of a dig, but try to keep it pleasant. We're really glad you allowed your daughter to come celebrate with Shelby. Yeah. And I thought that's all I'm going to say. Cause I'm going to, I don't want to be an asshole, but I want to like set the tone. Like we get you and all we're saying is get us and leave the kids out of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really interesting because our oldest daughter heard that conversation and, and she was a little upset. She goes, why did you say it that way? I said, because sometimes it's like the subtle words that you say that mm -hmm. make the point rather than why did you have a goddamn no hate sign out on your yard? You know, I would never do that to somebody, but I also feel like there's this interesting space that we as gay parents get to play in, you know, we get to like show our truth and be our truth. No, no reason to hide it in my perspective, but if we don't show it and live it in front of our children, then we're doing them as much of a disservice as any parent who's out there raising kids to believe that homosexuality is a sin and wrong and all this other stuff. If we don't stand for our truth in a very powerful way, I feel like we're hurting our kids because this is how we no, raise I mean, them. But it, it is funny. I just, I just came to think of something else because Switzerland, my other, my actual home country where I was born and raised, they adopted uh, marriage equality in the most recent session of parliament and mm -hmm. uh, it's taken them forever but you know switzerland is a direct democracy everything has to be voted upon by the people yep. so progress is slow and switzerland is one of the countries where uh, civil unions were actually approved by the people uh, not so many years ago uh, which was a huge step forward uh, but obviously, the extreme right, the evangelical communities have opted to uh, collect signatures for yep. this to go on the ballot. And so apparently last week, they submitted 59,000 uh, valid uh, signatures. So we have to vote on this thing. So once again, my life is ending up on the ballot box. And it is, yep. I'm telling you, you know what, I've had these discussions and I've seen these articles in newspapers, uh, these editorials in so many countries now, ever since the Danes began with this in 1994, um, you know, and it's just, it is painful. And especially it's painful when it gets to a country where it actually affects you. Because when my, when, when, um, when we had, when, when we got Sasha, we were able 
to get him this. So his first citizenship was the Swedish one because mm-hmm. I was a Swedish citizen as his father biologically. So he got the Swedish passport, which enabled us to travel home. And then we had to go through all the legal parenting because here in Sweden, when you're not married as a father, you have no parental rights. You, right. you're, you know, if you're not, even though the mother was not on the birth certificate or there, yeah, never mind. Yeah. yeah so I, I get what you're saying. It's com- yeah. It was complicated, it's complicated, but right. At the end of the day, Alex had to adopt Sasha legally, yeah. which was very straightforward. Within six months, all the paperwork was done. It took us two years for me to get Sasha his Swiss citizenship, mm-hmm. which a straight guy in Switzerland, he can literally bang up a prostitute. And I have this is not to criticize prostitutes in any way, but it's easier for the child of a prostitute to get a Swiss citizenship if the straight father is Swiss than it was for us. We had to go to lawyers. We had to appeal. We had, it was a nightmare. It's crazy. Had my husband been a woman, he would already have Swiss citizenship too, because that's, there's a simplified process. We spend so much time in Switzerland every year. He has this connection. He loves the country and everything. He cannot get, he cannot apply for Swiss citizenship, which now during the pandemic really hits home because, you know, right now we would not be able to travel and see my dad because of He's not allowed um, to enter that. the country. Yep. Um, so it really hits home. So once once our marriage is being recognized by Switzerland as as a full marriage, not just a civil right. union, he, we can apply for him to get his Swiss citizenship too, which mm. would make it our life more secure in right. case something happens and and God knows what happens in the future. Right, it's just right. one of those things. And people don't think about that. All you hear is like, you know, you're an abomination in the eye of God. And, right, right. and we need to protect the sanctity of marriage. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Gay but it's interesting getting how... married for decades now. Nothing's happened to marriage. Right. But it's interesting how that whole concept. And I, you know, I have lots of guys in this in the 40 plus group that shows up for our conversations or listeners and everything. What you just brought up is interesting on a couple of fronts because this whole abomination thing, it carries forward with us. So, so deeply into our lives, even after we're 40, 50, 60, there's always those little interesting. Yeah. It never ends. And there's been an interesting slight twist, at least just, and maybe it's just the people I happen to be running into where they're like, this whole marriage thing is just getting, it's just too complicated. So just screw it. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I didn't find it super complicated, but Hey, I happened to, you know, I happened to just be at the right place at the right time, I guess. But But it is a complicated thing when you take it out of the context in the countries where it's still not allowed, even here in the U S you know, there, you know, there's been the rumblings ever since, that person who will not be named on my podcast left office (laughs) that maybe they're going to try to make a run to make this, you know, unconstitutional again. And I'm like, what does it freaking matter? But so many guys over 40 that I've talked to, they're like, it's just not worth the fight. And I'm like, but it is in certain ways. It is. And I would, I would add two things to that. Um, First of all, it matters from a legal, from a protection point of view, one of the reasons why Alex and I got married and got a civil union, which was the only thing available to us at the time was because we were moving to the uh, to England. Mm-hmm. And 
it was the being married was afforded us because at the time the English were still members of the European Union and it afforded us certain legal protections within yep. the framework of the union that we would not have had as a single couple uh, moving there. So that yep. was important for us legally from with, you know, healthcare, you know, you have an accident, you're in a hospital, right? Your partner mm-hmm. is allowed to visit you. Your boyfriend is not. I mean, right. there's a gazillion little things. But now that I'm older and, you know, I'm happy to say that I'll be I'm in my mid 50s uh, at this stage, not just 40 plus, I'm way 40 plus. plus. Yes. Yeah. You and me both. Uh, <laughs> but now you're, you now you're getting to the next stage of your life, which is scary and which we usually don't talk about. But what if I kick the bucket? Yeah. And or and what I'm if you, thinking, God forbid, have dementia or something, you have to be put somewhere where who who's going to take care of you at this stage? Yeah. Sasha can't. He's not old no. enough to take care of it, you know. But the interesting thing is, what if, like, let's say, you know, especially with my international situation, if I were to die, um, you know, he, here in Sweden, Alex is protected. He, you know, so I'm, no worries because we are married. We don't have to worry about right. anybody taking the kid away. Yeah, that's all solved. But what about my old dad back in Switzerland? If he were still alive at the right. time? Yep. What happens with the inheritance what happens with his estate would my husband be allowed to have equal footing with my brother when it comes time to divvy up the estate because we obviously want and and this isn't about my brother but we want to make sure this is divvied up equally so my son eventually gets his share my dad happens to be loaded so you so there are there there, and, and we typically when we're young and we fall in love and we form a couple and a relationship and we move in with each other, we don't necessarily think about those, let's call them end of life stages, mm-hmm. as many of them as there are. So that's certainly one aspect. The other aspect is the impact these debates have on our children. Yes. And Huge. I'll just leave it at there. But but I mean, obviously, if you read in your if if you read in your papers and you hear it on the news that your parents aren't you know they're not worth what anything right how 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 does that i mean i can't even fathom how that would have made me feel as a child to read because i remember my mom it's it's not comparable but still it's the only analogy i have my mom was catholic Mm -hmm. and my dad's a protestant Mm -hmm. and back at back in the day that was still a big thing right remember my 60s um you would not marry across uh, these cross denominational yep, yep. borders, right? Yep. So according to the Catholic Church, my mom was not married. She was basically a whore. And mm-hmm. I remember the priest, the Catholic priest, coming by our house every now and then. He made his annual visits to all his lambs, and he would tell my mother, you're a whore because you've not been married in the, by the Church of Christ or whatever yep. they call it. And I remember, I remember the impact that had on my mother because she was, she was, she was not deeply religious, but she was raised Catholic and she believed in God. Um, And so that hurt her. And I remember how it made me feel because we were called bastards, right? Because we were the, we were children who were not baptized in the Catholic church because my dad, and again, you know, sexist society back then, he made the calls, and the call was that my brother and I would, were to be baptized in the Protestant church. Right. Uh, 
but it's, so so we and I remember that that's the closest example that I can come is is, is parts of society labeling my mother a whore and labeling mm-hmm. me and my brother bastards. Right. Uh, you know, as a grown and up, it just, and it just carries and, forward to where you are today. I mean, and oh these yeah, are, I'm a staunch they, atheist. You know, <clears> what I mean, just not like, right. But it's very important to have these conversations, and I think as parents who are raising kids, and you know, we've talked about how much older mine are than than Sasha, but it ne- these conversations never stop. And I think this is the important thing, like for any guy who's listening to this conversation, who. And I know there's a lot of you out there that do listen to these conversations who have children and you've either you've just recently come out or you've been out for a while or maybe you're thinking about starting a family. Just know that this is why I wanted to have this conversation with Hans, because I think there's just some interesting insights that come from, okay, hey, we've been living this and breathing this. Not that we're the only gay parents. We know that. <laughs> but it's, it's just such an interesting thing. And then when you bring the cross-culture stuff into what you know, what happens in the U.S. versus Sweden versus Switzerland, it's such a fascinating thing to chat about. So I'm curious, Hans, really quickly before we wrap this up, because I want to I want to just kind of hear from your own experience. What do you feel like in this day and age, being a gay parent, is most doing for you in your life? You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because I, I have this conversation with friends at times who choose not to become parents. And they say, you know, being gay affords you the opportunity to really make a clean break with, with breeder society, with heterosexual society. And I'm like, yes, I have. I still wanted kids. I've always wanted to have kids. I've always had this desire. And, and, and I was just going to say, even though we've, it's, it's been a little bit negative in the last 10 minutes, but I wouldn't change a thing. I am so happy, Sasha, and all the adventures we have, uh, you know, to be able to relive life once more through the eyes of a child as he grows up and being able to take these steps along with him, even though it sometimes implies that you have to learn mathematics a completely new way. <laughs> God. Um, um, yes, that'll cause us to drain. Trust me, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's really what, and it's, I think it's added a dimension to my relationship to Alex that we didn't have as as just a couple. Yeah. The conversations we have are so much deeper. It's now. I mean, I'm not saying if you have a crap relationship, don't. Don't get a child. That's right. Not yeah. Don't go to, you know, don't go to the local store and yep. just grab a child. Don't that's do, not going to do what that so game. many straight couples yeah. do. That's not going to uh, save your relationship. But if you have a healthy relationship and you have this desire, it's going to add so much more depth to it in your relationship to your own partner. Forget mm-hmm. about sex, but, <laughs> but there's right. so much, yeah. so much else going on. <laughs> yeah. um, and just, I mean, you know, just having this, like the other night, he came downstairs in the middle of the night and I was so tired and he complained, he's, he's got growing pains a mm-hmm. lot. And, you know, just helping him, holding him, yep. um, massaging his leg, you know, helping him with the ibuprofen and just right. sending him, it just, those are, those are moments that I will, that I cherish so much, even Absolutely. though you have the lack of sleep, but right. it's, I just want to make sure everybody knows he's not talking about his son. He was talking about his husband and massaging the legs. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> that's happening too. Trust me. There's like, there's Trust like, okay, I wake Alex, up every day. And there's an, 
Alex slept through everything. He didn't even notice it because Sasha uh, can be really Sasha's really considerate. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's but it's 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 I I I wouldn't I I I never I really I wouldn't I wouldn't change even it when either. The, mm-hmm. No, even when the doubt creeps up in the back of your head, you know, you just squish it the second you see yeah. your child, and that's that's amazing. Yeah. So good to connect with you again, man. I love this conversation. We've did, had. Uh, did, uh, it's fun seeing you and again. if you all want to connect with Hans, everything is on the website. His work, his um, website is here. She H I R S C H I dot S E. Um, check out his books, his writing and, um, yeah, just just pummel him with parenting advice. He'll he'll just <laughs> send him hundreds of emails like, okay, I'm gonna do. It. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, so well, good to they, have you. If here. they if they buy, you know, you you know, if they buy a book, that's there you go. If you buy a book, anything. then you can ask a question. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, well, I'm so glad we got to connect. Thank you so much for sharing yourself on Likewise, this podcast, Rick. man. And um, one of these days, you know, I hope to God we don't wait till Sasha's 16 to have another conversation like this. But um, I so appreciate yeah, having but, you. Yeah, hopefully we can travel again soon. Enough, yes, so we can, absolutely. We really need, I, I definitely need to get back to the West Coast. Yeah, it's no doubt. We both need to get traveling again. So, yeah. all right, my friend, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great day. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.